opportunity. So uh, you can go ahead and start that. All right. Well, today we're going to continue in this series we've been working on. How many of you have been here a little while? You've been in this series. We're on the seventh installment. I'm like, whoo, seven. I was like, is that the, the, the number of completion? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But today we're going to get into something a little different. I told you. And that we will, will help explain some and try to put into to actuality, try to make it applicable, if you will, to our lives today. So it's going to seem a little more practical, maybe a little less spiritual, but you guys are already spiritual, supernatural, born again, so you guys are ready. So, amen? Yeah. All right. So over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this. We've been talking about the soul and the spirit, the difference between the two, and the importance of that there is to notice the difference and to use that difference uh, uh, purposely. When we receive Christ, the Bible tells us that we become alive in Christ, that our, uh, within our bodies, within our spirit, comes alive. Before that point, uh, we are not, we're not alive yet, the Bible says, but when we receive Christ, we're a new creation in Christ, right? The old is gone, the new has come. Something rises up on the inside of us. The soul has been living from the time of conception. And the soul has been leading us around this world and doing what it wants to do and having free reign. But when we receive Christ, the Bible says that we're going to take that new spirit that's on the inside of us and we're going to now allow the spirit of God to rule and reign in our lives, not the soul. Now, I said this, that when we do that, the soul begins to scream out. It doesn't just give up and say, yeah, sure, go ahead, I'm tired. No, it wants more. It's kind of like me and potato chips. I just want more. It's like you can't give me enough, and, and so I have to be careful, and I have to be, have to be obedient, I have to be disciplined. And so it's in that same way that we understand that the soul wants that. Now, the soul is made up of the body, the soul, excuse me, the mind, the will, and the emotions. The mind, the will, and the emotions. And so we've been looking at that. So basically what we've been talking about is starving the soul. Starving the soul so that the spirit has its rightful place. So the spirit of God is, is where it's supposed to be leading us and guiding us. Now, we all want this. Though it doesn't feel good at the time, we all want this. This is why we received Christ in the first place. We tried to do it on our own. We fell miserably. We were depressed. We had challenges and issues and challenges. And we said, God, we need you. And he came in. He said, okay, here comes my spirit. I'm going to reborn. I'm going to bring reborn. I'm going to do this. And so this is what we desire. And so we find ourselves receiving Christ. And we allow the, if we allow the spirit of God to rise up and walk in us, we will see what Jesus promised that his, he says this, he says, uh, that I, you, I will come and bring life and bring it more abundant. And in order to see that, we must surrender the soul and say, soul, you need to rest. Soul, you need to be quiet. This is kind of what we've been talking about. We took to prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we found that the only way that we can change and transform our soul, our mind, our will, and emotions is through actually be a really great thing. They could be really something handy and wonderful. And in fact, uh, I believe that God had created them. It's, it's part of who we are. Now, uh, we talked about a few weeks ago that our mind is, in mind is really amazing computer. It does amazing things. And the purpose of a habit is to help, to help our brain to function more efficiently. 
Okay? And that's a good thing. So there's tons of good things. Like, for instance, it's always a good thing to have habit to put toothpaste on the toothbrush and put it in your mouth and move back and forth. It's always a good habit. That was supposed to be kind of funny. But I feel like I just introduced a new concept to everybody, and it scares me. Because <laughs> it got really quiet, like, what is this foreign object you're talking? No, 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 you didn't do that. Listen, it's always a good idea. Yeah, think of it this way. See, we, we go through habits every day, all of the time. Uh, we, we do this, for instance... Uh, I know, uh, thankfully I'm dressed today, and I did it per, um, I did it not by methodically deciding, it, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to really engage my brain to put this on. It's just after, after a while, after 47 years, finally it stuck in how to do that without having to, to really study the concept of putting our clothes on. Anyone else okay there? Amen. Good, okay. So, so you understand that it's great, it's a good thing. That our mind does this kind of thing. Like I said, it helps us be more effective in putting things together. Uh, one of the other habits is a good guys put the seat down. I'm just saying, it's just a helpful hint to do that. Uh, anyway, any ladies say amen? amen? Okay, all right, good. All right, so I win some friends there. All right, uh, so one of the other habits we can think of another good habit. Another good habit is like often when my family leaves or I leave. I will make sure to try to, as I pull out of the parking lot or the, the, the driveway, pray for my family, pray covering over them. Great habit. You see how it's a good, they're good habits. So good habits are good and good habits are great and they should be. And in fact, God created habits to be helpful. I don't know if you know this or not. I'm, I'm not a scientist by any stretch of the imagination, but I did some research that in order to change a habit, most habits need a minimum of 21 days to change, and some up to 64 days to change a habit. <clears throat> for instance, I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe it was a God thing, but the first thing I pulled up was uh, withdrawing from soda. It takes 21 days to go from soda to water. I was like, yes, Lord, I hear you. Thank you. <clears throat> but maybe you have another... Thing, but they're so so they're all kind of different. But the the, the, the the idea is that some take longer and some take others. So, but this is the one to get. If you have your hand out, let's start with the first one to get number one out of the way. Habits are part of God's design. Habits are actually part of God's design. Now the enemy will try to bring uh, bring it into an evil way. The enemy will try to turn what God meant for good to evil. We've normally heard the scripture the opposite, but the truth is the enemy will try to corrupt and pollute and, 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 and water down any good truth. Yeah. And the truth is God created us to have this, this way, to have designed, to have habits. God made our brains this way. It's okay to have a habit. That's good. His intention was for us to have healthy habits to work efficiently. God, in all of his amazement, thought of everything. Isn't that great? Amen. That we don't have to think about everything. That we can go into this automatic, purposeful thing. And this is the promise that God said. He goes, I want you to do that. I, I want you to have this opportunity. I want you to have this. But the enemy takes with God meant for evil. He will pollute it and mess it up. And he'll steal our habits. 
And he will hijack them and he will create within those things. If we're not watchful, if we're not taking care of our soul, starving our soul, and we're not letting the spirit of Belize, we, that will, what God meant this habit to be will become a stronghold, become an issue, become a challenge. And so I just want to make sure that we understand God created habits. He designed them. They're okay. I'm like, ah, oh, habits. No, we, we, habits are good as long as they're godly, healthy habits. God designed that for us. Amen? Amen? The second point to make really quickly here is that habits will help you or they'll hurt you. These are just some facts. You probably know that already. I'm not telling you much that you don't already know, but I want to remind you that sometimes we over-spiritualize things, but the practical part is that, listen, our habits can help us or they can hurt us. They can, they can help us to do the right thing or they can help us to go. They can take us forward or they can put us in reverse. Amen? Amen. Yeah. What we're going to learn today, what we're going to look at today, is how to take this habit, healthy habits, try to address those and see how we can let those flourish, how those can thrive in our lives. And we can, we can, we can pull out the ones that are driving us further away from what God has for us. We're going to look at that today. So we're looking at that. So the third thing that I want you to see, and this was really long. I didn't have a way to make it shorter, so you just have to bear with me. The third point we need to say is habits develop because the brain is always looking for ways to be more efficient. It's looking for ways to, to, to get better. That's what I said before. Remember, the brain is amazing. It's the greatest computer ever. No one has ever created, nor will they ever create, a computer like the brain. It will self-calculate. It will receive like an investigative tool, pulling this information, categorizing it in a way so that it can receive this information so that we can go to autopilot so that we don't have to be concerned about every little thing that it will automatically function. That is a God design that is amazing. It makes us efficient. Sound efficient? Some of us need to remind ourselves, we're efficient. God made us that way. Amen? And we need to understand and we need to give God the credit and understand. Because this sometimes we, we, we'll do this thing, we'll get up, we, 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 we decide that, oh, this is a bad thing. No, it's a good thing. Habits are good. God habits are good. I'm going to give you a little science lesson here. Uh, I'm not uh, Mr. Science Guy, Pastor Jason, but I'll do my best. Habits are stored in the region of the brain called the basal ganglia. Sorry, that was easy for me to say. Ganglia. Now, I want to read the definition of what that does and what happens. This is a part of the brain that has a variety of functions, including control over voluntary motor movements, procedural learning, habit learning, and emotion. Now, I want you to recognize something really interesting. That our emotions are locked in with our habits. And in fact, we know that if we... we did more study, we would see that they are work hand in hand and they, 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 they work together to help build each other. But they're stored in your brain. Say, they're stored in my brain. So they take what's in the conscious, basically what happens, and they move it to the subconscious so we can do things like get up for work and not have to think about if we should take a shower or not. We just do that. 
think about if we should put our shirt on or not, we just do that, and so on and so forth. We kind of go through the routine, right? We don't ever have to just totally put all of our brain activity into that. It's something that we can just get ready. I, I mentioned last week about my drive to work. Uh, I used to have a 45-minute uh, commute, and I would arrive. I arrived one day in particular. I arrived as like, I went through three highways, and I probably pulled in front of half a dozen people. I don't know. I don't remember getting here. I'm just there. And that's because it became a habit. The brain does this. and It, it, it makes this, and it's a good thing. It creates this shortcut, if you will. Now, studies show this. Number four, if you have your hand out. Number four, studies show that 40%, up to 40% of our daily function is directed by habits. Now I want you to let that settle in for just a moment. 40% of your life, your direction, and what you do is not determined by every single little decision. It's already been determined by a habit that you have developed. Last week I talked about zombies. I said we gotta wake up not to just be like, uh, listen. We have to understand these facts. We have to understand the truth of this, that 40%. You want your life to go 40% better? Pay attention to what we're doing, what habits we're developing and participating in. Amen? Yeah. I bet, uh, they, I don't know, they said that in, the, in the, any given day, you make up to 10,000 uh, uh, choices a day. I'm like, I don't remember making those choices. That's because your brain goes into auto mode because it's, it's figured out a way to, to process habit habitually. Isn't that cool? Isn't that amazing? But what a startling figure to think that 40% of that is automatic. What are we doing automatic? That's a lot of power, and that's a lot of life that we've been given to a habit. Are we letting it be a positive habit? Are we letting it be a godly habit? Are we watching those habits? Are we feeding the soul to develop a habit that's going to draw us further away from the Father? Are we feeding the Spirit, letting the Spirit lead us to build a new godly habit? This is what we're talking about. So this is the understanding. Sometimes we found ourselves, I'll just, I'll just say for me, I found myself... Uh, over the years, walking and doing things that I go like, ah, how did I get here? What did, why did I make this decision? I can't believe I responded in that way. And why did I that man? And so instantly, because I'm a believer, the instantly the enemy comes to bring conviction to you and say that you are, or excuse me, condemn you and say you're a bad person. But I'm going to tell you, you're not a bad person. You are activating or you are walking in the design that God has designed you for except for that we have taken that for granted not realizing that we can direct our steps because the Bible says that the steps of the righteous man are ordered by him. So you understand that we can direct our steps. We can change these habits. Habits are good. Say habits are good. Habits are good. But we need to convert them to him. Amen? So how does this work? So um, I, I read a book several years ago. I read the whole thing. You should be proud of me because I don't read most books all the way through. But this one I did. 
So I'm proud of me because I was like, whoa, this is a heavy book. It's called The Power of Habit. And I just reference, I want to reference just a couple things uh, because I'm going to remind you, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. Um, this is information that's been gathered. Science, let me tell you, the science is catching up with the Word of God. Science is catching up with what God has already said. And now this revelation and this understanding should help us to even further and excite our life in Christ. Say, oh, make some sense out of this stuff. And so I'm going to look at this. So back in the 90s, there was a, uh, they, 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 they would actually attach, they attached this probe to the brain of a rat. And so they would take this, uh, right, I think there's a, uh, okay, so here it is. So this, this is what they did. They arranged this course in a T form, and they took the rat, and they, they put a probe on his brain, and what they said is that there's a little door there, and if you can see right in front of the little door, and it says click. I know it's kind of fuzzy. Uh, it was hard to find a, a copy to put up to show you, but there was a little click. When that, when, every time that click happened, the door would raise, and it, the, the mouse would go back. Sorry, we're not done there. The mouse would then go through, and then they would put on the left, they would put a little thing of chocolate. And they said that what they would do is they would do this repeatedly. And the first time, they'd always, they'd always have that click first, and, it's, and then the, the door would raise. So they noticed that they did this for, for a little while. The, the rat was just kind of like, you know, just the different hauled around. And then as it got more, so weeks later, so, so when it first clicked, the brain, it said the brain was like on fire, fire and all the lighting up like crazy. But a week later, when the when the when it would click, the brain of the brain of the rat would light up. But as soon as it would begin to walk, the brain's activity would drop to next to nothing. It would continue through, and of course, it would find and because it had done it repeatedly. It would go right to click. It would just go right to the thing. It didn't have to wander. But the first time around, of course, had to sniff and look around and move around and try to figure out the right way and found the prize, the reward. And so, so they said that this is what happens with a habit is that we'll get a trigger. Well, something will, will click. And, and, it, and it takes us on this pattern. We begin this pattern, we walk this pattern, and we can walk this pattern so long that we find the reward. And we get so diligent in doing that that we don't even think about what we're doing. The rat began to, to say, they said that eventually it got to the point where the rat didn't even, had no brain activity. It was as if the brain was asleep while the rat is completing these tasks. He said, this is the way our brain works. You're saying, well, great, Pastor. Thank you for that science experiment. I appreciate it very much. What does it mean for me? What's it have to do with my life, my walk with Christ? What's it have to do with Christianity and my faith and the things that I'm dealing with right here and right now? I'm glad you asked. Now, before I share this, I want to say, I want you to say this with me. Say, I know you love me, Pastor. You're not trying to be mean. You're trying to reveal meaning. Or say it again, because I'm not 
convinced. <laughs> All right. Sometimes in life, we become the rat. Sometimes we allow our mind and our will emotions to just walk through this. In the study of life, we just walk like a rat. Like a lab rat. Just letting it, whatever happens, happens. Paul knew this when he wrote this scripture. When he said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't conform to the pattern of this world. He knew that God had created us to, to work efficiently and effectively, that our brain was amazing. He understood that truth by the power of God. He didn't have science books like we do today. But he understood because he said himself in his own battle in 7 and 8, he says, I don't know why I do what I do and don't do what I want to do. And then he goes and finishes and says, it's because I'm trying, I'm doing this and this and this myself soul is trying to lead me and my spirit is saying no and the spirit needs to lead and the spirit, the soul needs to fight. And that's what we've been talking about having. over the last few weeks and I did that. This is sometimes we become the rat. We too often function in an autopilot kind of scenario and we just do this. First, this is some of the questions that happens. Let me just share with you some of the questions that come up where I can show that we do this. We say, well, here we go again. This is, well, this is just the way I, well, I am. I guess this is the way God made me. I'm just going to always do this. This is just who I am. Anyone ever heard that kind of excuse before? This is a habit that's not working for your benefit. Because it's, it's been habitual long enough that your brain is beginning to believe a lie. Or we'll say this. We'll say, well, well. That's just how they are. They're never going to change. They're just like they're so-and-so. They're just like so-and-so. Maybe we're not willing to look here, but we'll always have a really easy time looking out here. Yeah, there. Yeah, Do you see how dangerous that a habit will be? Because God says to love your brother. To speak kindly to them, love them, to, to, to give towards them. If they hurt you, turn the other side and let them do it again. No, not that way, but you know what I mean. You understand? We look for revenge, and God says love. But if we let the habits of life, the habits the world tries to teach us, and we start, we start to respond to people in ways we're like, I can't believe I responded that way. Why did I do that? Because we were mindless rats. Thank you. That's why I prefaced it with that. Because I want us to understand, and this is my hope. I, I want us, I want it to startle us. It startled me. I want it to, to break up the monotony that I've allowed the soul to do in my life. And so so so, so yeah, it sounds really rough, but let it use it as an opportunity to break down a stronghold. Let the, 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 the words speak loud. The third question we say, well, that's just the way God wants it. Every time I try to do this, this happens. That just must be the way it works. Every time, well, you know, my family always had this kind of illness, so I'm probably going to get this. Do you see how a habit, a 
kill, and destroy. Now let me tell you this. The Bible says the Trinity comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. So who do you think is the author of that habit? Not God. He says, I've come to bring life. And to bring it more abundant. Do you see the importance of habits? I know it didn't seem spiritual, but it is supernatural what God has allowed to do in our life. If we will take control, if we will harness the truth, our very creator made us in this amazing way that we can control the habits that when we are squeezed instead of saying, yippee, we can say, praise God. If we create that habit in us. That that's what God created habits for. For us to, as we're squeezed, to be able to speak praise the Lord instead of other things. We have control. God has given us. When we renew our mind, when we renew our mind, when we renew our mind, the Bible is clear. God believes it. He loves us. He sent Christ for it. Jesus, Bible says Jesus came, he lived and died and rose again for it. And then he's saying, then you, say you, receive it and apply it. Amen? Because God's given us a brain. He's given us a brain that we can develop a habit to do it. An opportunity that we can, we can renew our mind to God's word so that we have our faith and our belief in him. We will trust him and rest in him. It's important to develop this habit because when, when things are going difficult and challenged, you begin to question. The enemy will begin to share with you the question of believing in your faith. Is God even real? Is he hear me? All of this, I know that each one of us at some point in our life has asked this question and it's because our mind, we did not renew our mind. We let our soul lead. And we find ourselves asking these questions and we think we're being smart, but in reality we're being walked and we've been led by the enemy to death and destruction. But the good news is we see it, we realize it, we recognize it. And we recognize that God is greater than me and you. That he has equipped you, he has appointed you, and in fact, before we were formed, he created you and he knew you. He didn't leave you, just good luck. He equipped you, he appointed you, and then when you received Christ, the Spirit of the Most High was deposited on inside of you. You received the Holy Spirit that you can, you can walk and you can be led and you can be comforted and you can hear his voice. To develop those kinds of habits. Our decisions, what the what we've been talking about, decisions over the last week, we said, what's the wise thing to do? It'll become automatic if we will use it, if we will get in the word and let the word renew our minds, we'll begin to automatically make the decision. What's the wise decision? Ask ourselves the question: what's the right wise decision? When our choices, we won't split. Between spirit and soul. We'll see it. The word of God is able to divide soul and spirit. We won't have to question. If we're renewing our mind to it, it will become a habit that will work for us and not against us. And this is God's desire. And that's what he created it for. Isn't that awesome? 
I want faith to be a habit. I, I want my prayer life to be a habit. I want forgiveness to be a habit. The moment that I'm offended, I forgive them. I'm working on that one. I'm renewing my mind to that one. We should all continually, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, all things that are lovely, pure, of good reports. I, 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 want, I, want, I want to have a habit of generosity in my life. I want to have a habit of excellence in my life. And so back to the study, it says that the habit is created in three, a kind of a three-loop form. And I want you to see this. The first is the cue or the trigger. That was the click of the door. And that trigger, now I want to remind you, the trigger triggered the mind. Remember what it, it said, the report said that when the click hit, the mind lit up. No matter how many times it happened, when the click hit, the mind lit up. The second part was the routine, or the behavior. Now the behavior began as a new thing, and as it continued, it began, but this is kind of like your will. This is your will. So the mind clicks... The will begins to move. You see how this works together? And so then we go to the reward. That's the emotions. That's that feel good. And we know that the world preaches go until you feel good. Do this until it makes you feel right. Do it because you deserve it and all of these kind of things. And you know what? God does want you blessed and highly favored. He calls you up above and not beneath. Either head and not the tail. All of those kind of things. But it's in him that is accomplished. Anything else is a counterfeit of the enemy and will leave us hopeless and lost. And so recognize that there is a cue in every habit that's clicking. Because in that click, you'll begin to do a routine. You'll let the will move. And the reward is the emotion. The Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The world says seek all of the good stuff and then go ahead and give God something. Do you understand? Go for the reward. The soul says go for the reward. Listen for the click and go for the reward. I recognize this in my own life. Uh, I've been trying to keep my weight to uh, moderate, lower <laughs> consumption of junk food. And I noticed something uh, two weeks ago, and I started I, when I started researching this portion uh, uh, several months ago, but, but all of a sudden it clicked. I'm like, I realized, I'm going to tell myself, turn this off, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what I realized is every time I sat in my lazy boy, there was a certain sound. And I always wondered why oh, I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, I'm hungry for something. I just ate. I realized that I was, I, after, I was like, wait a minute. There's something about that, ah, click. <laughs> that says, ah, I wonder what's in the refrigerator now. There was nothing 30 seconds ago, but it's probably there now. And I realized the click. I realized that I was doing it without even noticing. It's just a will. Click. Oh, let's get up and let's go see. 
How many of you have gotten up, walked into the kitchen to do something else, and opened the refrigerator door? <laughs> nothing in there. All right. You know what? I need to drink a water. We go in there and get sick. Oh, the refrigerator. You never saw that there before. Open the door again. You see what I mean? My question is, how many of our other soulish habits? Maybe those aren't eating to death. Maybe they are. But how many other 40% am I doing mindlessly with my habits? This is all that I'm trying to realize. This is all that I'm trying to bring out. I'm letting us to peel back the truth that the enemy meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. If we're willing to realize it and convert it, we can change it. Say, I can change it. You can change it because God is in you. You receive Christ, the Spirit of God is in you. The Bible says now you have the mind of Christ. Now that's not the mind of the man, Jesus. It's the mind. Christ means the Messiah, the anointing. The mind of the anointed one is in you and on you. That's good news. We have control. He's given us control. Not only do we have control, but overwhelmingly do we have control because God's power is much more mightier than any other power. He's greater. Amen? This is what this is all leading to. The base habit, the truth of the matter, the only way that we change, we've said it week after week after week, and I want to remind you again, that the Word of God says that it is the bedrock of everything we do. God's Word, His God-breathed Word for us, and we're so blessed. In this day and age, in this time, that we have this gem, this jewel, this mighty gift, this love letter. That in, within this will reveal the truths, the mysteries, and the promises of a God that sent Jesus, that loved us so much that sent his own son for us. That in this word is not just words on a page, but it is a love letter of promise and hope. It's a, it's a promise that there is a better way, there's a better opportunity, that he has infused us with his promises and his power. Praise the Lord Jesus. I want to remind you that this is not a routine. This is life. That we're not saying, I'm not saying that we do repetition. I'm saying that we live this life and it will become a habit. Does that make sense? This was the Holy Spirit working for you today. This is what I hear so clearly this morning specifically. It said, don't try to do it in your own strength. Stop trying not to feed your soul and just feed your spirit. So many times... I've done it. I saw it. I saw it like it was it's plain as day. All of my efforts. All of my personal efforts. I'm a Christian. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to just muscle all I can. And it's like running through three foot of mud. And God says, no. No. 
Because I want you to live in me. I don't want you to take a word and run. I want you to run with me and in me and stay in me. Saturate yourself in me. Stay in me. Stay in my word. So stop trying to run it and just use this. It's not your might. It's not your power. It's his. We get frustrated. Willpower. Willpower is soul. Spirit-led is Holy Spirit supernatural. Willpower will fail because willpower is mind, will, and emotion, soul. God power will never fail. Which one do you want to accomplish your goal? The one that's sure to fail or the one that's sure to bring victory? I want victory. Anyone else? We want victory in our lives. And I want to use what God created for me. I want to take back what the enemy has stolen. My mind is a, is a beautiful design by God. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to use this for Him because He did everything for this. He equips us. He empowers us. And He loves us. If we will give His Word prominence in our life, if we will saturate ourselves in Him, soak in Him. So let's look at some past teaching. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, perfect, and pleasing will. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live accordance to the spirit with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. We're building. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Listen. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil out of the evil sermon. For the mouth, for out of the mouth. The heart speaks, but the heart is full of. Psalms chapter 1, verse, Psalms 1, verse 1 through 3. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand by the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted. Those that, dead, that meditate, they're like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, whose leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Now, the, med, the Greek word for med, meditate is the word revolve. It's the word revolve. Do you remember the habit of the loop habit? The revolving click, the walking, the reward. God's saying, I want you to meditate, click, to walk into his word, and allow his word to come along. That's the reward. The loop, meditate, means that revolve, a godly habit, develops God. It's like, uh, God says, a play-by-play. He develops this play-by-play, -play. listen, over and over again, instant replay. 
in our minds. The last scripture is 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight are, are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine. They have divine power to demolish. Everybody say demolish. demolish. Strongholds. I just want to let you know that stronghold, stronghold is, in it by definition, it is a habit. And what this is saying is that every habit that's been given to the enemy, he says, we have the power to destroy that. That we can destroy that that's been trying to hold us in bondage. Jesus freed us from that. Have you ever watched a building get demolished? See those big, big wrecking ball? The thing is, I want you to imagine every stronghold that the enemies tried to turn for your go, your back. I want you, I want you to imagine that you, by just speaking the word, by reading His word, you are demolishing every stronghold over your life, over your family's life, because He says our weapons are not of this world. Weapons are from Him are holy and perfect and powerful. Able to destroy. We demolish arguments, our reasonings, and imaginations. And every pretension, every high thing that tries to set itself up or exalt against the knowledge of God. The word against is a Greek word meaning to take in prison, a prisoner of war. Remember I told you, uh, much of the Greek is very much military terms or athletic terms. They, most of the vocabulary is, is structured around that. And so taking this captive, taking these things captive is, is actually saying, uh, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, taking a prisoner. And the word obedient is the Greek word meaning compliance, obedience, like a private would to a general. You have that power. Because God said that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Conceived in Him through Christ. Every thought must bow its knee to the name of Jesus. Every stronghold, every pretense, everything that acknowledges itself above purposes of Christ in you has to flee in Jesus' name, in the name of Yeshua. Specifically, he says, do it this way. His word. 
Now I'm going to give you a warning. I don't know about you, but I like when I get to do things that look like they accomplish things. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I'm not a carpenter by any stretch of imagination, but I sure like to do those construction jobs when like in about, in about half an hour, you have nothing and you have something. Those are really gratifying. But let me let you, let you know this. When you are in the, in the case of your soul, I promise you, you will not feel instantly gratified while you receive, while you read the word. Now, now there'll, there'll be a honeymoon stage, like all, but we'll, we'll see this and like, yeah, yeah. But there'll become a time where the soul begins to realize, hey, wait a minute, I'm not getting fed. And the spirit's rising up, but the soul is crying out, ah, I'm just warning you. Take that, that thought captive. Because the truth of the matter is, the Bible clearly reveals that things are happening in the supernatural. And this is the truth. Things that happen in the supernatural will always reveal the natural. Everything in this word, the very word and the promise of Jesus arriving on the scene was all done supernaturally first, and then it came to the natural, and now we get to receive. You see that? You understand that? I promise. I promise. No, no. I don't promise. God promises. When the scripture says that his word does not return void, that's exactly what it means. It is doing something. It is changing something. It is revealing something. It is activating something. But I don't feel it. Great. That's perfect. That means you're starving the soul and the spirit is rising. But I don't feel it. Great, you're winning the battle. But it doesn't feel great. Because I move by faith, not by sight. And the soul's going to scream. Let it scream. It's okay. Because just like when we received Christ, we became a new creation, the soul will also be transformed. It'll be transformed. It needs to be done daily. Paul says, I die to self daily. But you know that every time that Paul was arrested, he was abused, he was he, he challenge after challenge after challenge. You know, if he didn't, if his soul hadn't been converted, every single time he would have had an opportunity of voice, he would have been like, hey guys, that's not allowed. But he never did that. He never took his voice as an opportunity to stand his ground and say, hey, I deserve this, or I, I better be treated right and all this and all that. He never did it. You know what he said every single time? God, you, gotta, you need to know God. Every single time. Beating pop, pop, pop. You know Jesus loves you. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't in the soul, but in the spirit, it absolutely. His soul had to have been renewed to endure that kind of a thing. God says in his word, he says, listen, he says, I am not a respecter of persons. The Bible says that Elijah was a man just like you and me. 
and yet he was able to accomplish and do amazing things. Why? Because of the spirit on its inside of him. The soul gets starved, the spirit rises up. We can do it. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. Close your eyes for just a moment. I, I want you to ask, I'm going to ask this question. I just want you to look inside of yourselves for a moment. What's the Holy Spirit telling you? I believe the Holy Spirit is revealing right here. What's the Holy Spirit telling you about this truth? About a habit maybe that's in your life. Spirit is here to share and reveal, not to bring condemnation, but to bring the freedom that Jesus went to the cross for. I don't want to leave this series, I don't want to leave this opportunity without the realization that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and active and moving in our lives. I don't want to leave this just as it was a great word, a great series, that was fun, but I want to leave changed. I want us to leave changed. The only way this works is if we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it, to unveil it. Father, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, I thank you that right now you are speaking to each person here. God, you're revealing truths, festering habits of realization that can be changed and be transformed, be removed. God, I thank you that they're reminded as, as they work on this habit changing with the enemy meant for evil for turning it to your good, Father. Reminding themselves that it is changing because you are a God that changes things. Because your word says nothing is impossible for you. I pray that over this place, over my life, over my family's life, over this family's life, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for it. May we develop habits godly habits that you so beautifully designed for us to have. We would take them back in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I did something a little bit different. The back of your handout was extra.